So we're up to we've made it to episode 32 of the podcast, Alex, despite the fact that I'm full of flu and you're full of the joys of spring. Um, we reconvene again after two interesting games. We'll keep it brief this week, I guess, because uh, I might die in the middle of this, which means all the money from the uh, Racecourse Ramble bank account has to go to you. Yeah, first in line to the, the war chests. Yeah. I'll make sure we get spent wisely. Don't worry. <laughs> Good lad. Uh, so, we'll, uh, usual format, we'll go over the couple of games. We'll uh, have a look at a bit of news, a bit of the league. Uh, and then preview a couple of big ones coming up. So where do you want to start? Which game should we start with? Do you want to go with last night because it's fresh in the memory, or do you want to go back to Saturday? Um, I don't mind going chronologically. Let's start on Saturday. Okay, dokie. So we go back to uh, to Saturday's uh, victory, um, which was... Uh, well, uh, uh, I don't know, bordering on a bonkers basketball game in the end. So we uh, we went to Aldershot and won 4-3 with Paul Mullins scoring two, trying to claim a third, but it went down <laughs> as an own goal officially um, before Sam Dolby scored a last kick of the game header. Last header of the game goal. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. Roller coaster of emotions, um, as it has been a few games this season. <laughs> um, I've said, I think the season's going to be the death of me. I can't take all these last minute winners, conceding goals, watching not score late winners as well. Far too much drama. We should be 10 points clear at the moment in any other season. <laughs> and but, we're not. And we're not. But no game, it was a. It was a crazy game, wasn't it? I thought at 2-0 and at 3-1 um, against one of the weaker sides in the division, we'd, we'd done enough to get the three points, but we seemed shaky at the back. Um, some poor, poor goals to concede. Um, we'll probably talk about the goalkeeper situation later on in the podcast, but defending-wise and midfield-wise, we just seemed vulnerable to a team who were lower mid-table and we've had to rely on a last-minute winner, um, which is not a bad thing. It's a sign of a good team, but it'd just be nice to win a game comfortably away from home now and then. Um, but we won. Champions mentality, keep going to the end. Last-minute winner, great goal by Sam Dalby. I think he's unlucky not to be starting at the moment, but we got the three points, and that's all that matters. So let's just just a, bit, a little bit of detail. Um, I mean, I think the shock for me came. Uh, I watched it. I watched this via the the magic of the interweb because um, I couldn't go because I've been I haven't been well. Um, I don't know if you managed to watch this one or you didn't. Uh, with it being a Saturday uh, Saturday job. Um, no, Laura Biden citizen. Oh, okay. Not <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw the team sheet and Jordan Tunnicliffe has risen from the dead. Were you in the same boat? 
Yeah, um, the word was, was it six weeks after the Sheffield United game? Um, and he's come back in half the time. So shocked, as I'm sure many of our listeners were. Um, obviously very happy. Probably been our best defender this season since, well, ever since he came into defender, the side. Defender, defender, yeah. I think Hayden's threat is forward, isn't it? Yeah, but Still in tidy terms at the of... back, but he's, he's a real oh, threat yeah. forward. Just in terms of defending the box, winning headers, no nonsense, reliable, he's been a revelation since he came in. So to think we'd lost him for six weeks after the Sheffield United game was a big blow. Um, but to have him back, great surprise. And sounds like he, he slotted in well, despite the, the own goal on, well, against Aldershot. Um, obviously, we'll get on to Woking, uh, not Woking, um, Scunthorpe. Well, I thought he played well against Scunthorpe as well. So... Great to have him back, especially with all the other injuries we've got on yeah, the plate. At the they're mounting up those injuries, aren't they? I think. Oh. Uh, I, I just, I, I mean, I, it's interesting when you sort of look online, you get different opinions about what what's causing the injuries. And being external, I don't suppose we'll ever know. But I imagine they'll be reviewing whatever it is. That it will be under review. So whether they think it's the pitch, pitch has been mentioned because people think it looks heavy. It's interesting that when you look at it, it looks. It does look a bit bare of grass, but it doesn't look muddy. But obviously, it could—you know—it could be the pitch. It could be the—you know—it's you, you're stretching and you're warming up is normally your issue when you've got—you know—when you load, when you're getting muscle injuries. But they monitor that with GPS vests and stuff. So, because um, if you think about this game, obviously O'Connell's had to go off with an a, an Achilles injury, and then obviously we haven't seen him last night, so we assume that's bad enough to keep him out last night. And Phil Parkinson also said that Mullin uh, had a groin injury in the warm-up that um, obviously concerned him a bit, but he's uh, he's managed to play through it. Um, and I'm not sure he was at full pelt last night. I don't know. It's hard to tell, in it? Because when you've got that in the back of your head, you it's there. You're sort of looking at a player running. You're going, "Oh, is he at is he at full? I'm not sure he's you know I'm not sure he's fully at it." Um, but yeah, those injuries are. And obviously, with more last night, so they're uh, they're racking up. Um, but yeah, I, I think the 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 takeaway from this was probably it, it it typifies the the strength that we've got going forward. If we can create chances, we'll score goals. I think we know that. What Parky's got to work on is stopping the stopping the rot, hasn't he? Because um, we we've not looked convincing. We haven't had a clean sheet since I think it was Boxing Day, I believe. Um, and I, that's not just down to one person. Uh, it's a collective, I think, um, of, of issues. Obviously, people changing in front of Mark Howard, the, the chopping and changing. Um, but I think Mark Howard would have been disappointed with a couple of them goals on uh, against Aldershot. I think he would have, if you would have asked him afterwards, he would have said, yeah, one or two of them I, I should have, you know, I should have done better on. Yeah, I think he put an Instagram post up after the game saying he was unhappy with the goals or some of the goals which we... Uh, I didn't did. see that. Yeah, I don't have it to hand, but it was along the lines of disappointed to concede some sloppy goals. I think he said as a team, he wasn't blaming himself, I think he said as a team. Um, but yeah, I've seen the highlights. <clears throat> I mean, the second goal... I think a keeper should be saving. It's a tight angle. Yeah, yeah I agree. To, to squeeze that ball um, across Mark Howard into, into the goal. It's a poor one. The last one, um, 
the own goal from Tunnicliffe again. I think he shifted his weight onto yep. his left-hand side, expecting yep. the ball to go there, and he can't quite change his stance and get down quick enough um, down to his right. The ball seemed to go in painfully and <laughs> slowly, and it's, it's hard to say, but I would imagine probably Lainton would may, probably would have saved that one. Um, but just, you can't just blame Howard. You have to look at the defending in the box as well. Stop the cross, etc. Et stop the cross, stop the yeah. goal. There's always two or three mistakes which which can lead to a goal. So not putting all the blame on on Mark Howard because I think he's done very well for for us this season. I just there's never a game where I think, oh, Mark Howard's kept us in that with two or three big saves. It just seems to be a, a six the, out of ten every week. There was one. Uh, I think I've got a feeling it was Eastley away. Didn't he pull off a worldie of a save? One worldie of a save in that in that game. Um, pretty sure it was Eastley. But like you say, that yeah. you, the fact that we're scratching our heads t- tells us. Well, I, I suppose it tells us two things. One that we don't concede a lot of chances. We just seem to concede the odds. Oh, no, I don't think we do. We do. We just do concede sloppy goals. Um, but there was a bit of. I saw somebody on. I think it was on Twitter, who'd said that, that he'd thought Tunnicliffe had tried to chest that back to Howard. I thought it had just hit Tunnicliffe, to be honest. What what did you think? Yeah, I just think it's come off his <clears throat> midriff or his knee um, unexpectedly and caught yeah. Howard off guard. I don't see how he could have, or the person thinks he could have, that was a, attempted. They do, no, they do do that. You've seen them do that now and again, though, haven't yeah. you? They try and be really clever. But just I don't think you do that though in the 89th minute of a game when you're three two up. I, I doubt it. Yeah, I didn't. I'm I'm with you. I didn't think that. Um, and I was of the same. I was of the same opinion as you. It was unfortunate that the, the anything down low seems to be Mark Howard's kryptonite, doesn't it? And that was one of them that was really low. Like you say, it was a bit slow. And you know, I was talking to people who sit next to me in the tech end, and I just said a top goalkeeper probably scrambles that away somehow uh, you know somebody at the top of their game whether Leighton would have done we'll never know but that was my gut feeling as well was just that uh, another one um yeah it's so, not how is it it's just no. one way he could have done better yeah yeah and that's why I say that I think I think Mark Howard will just be thinking on another day I, I think I'd have done a bit better with them um yeah so um so yeah, I so, saw. I mean, you know, another bonkers game that we, uh, you know, we've got involved in a basketball game, um, and you, you you would hope not to be involved. You think after Grimsby last year that we wouldn't be getting involved in these bonkers games, wouldn't you? It's not good for the heart, I tell you. I just want to win games two nil <laughs> and get the points secured. Don't get me wrong, the thrill of scoring the last minute winner, like we did against Aldershot and against um, Maidenhead as well. The jaw you get is second to none. You yeah. Jump up out your chair, scream, cheer, do whatever. But it's not good for your health, like I say. <laughs> but sign of a very, very good team, sign of champions, keep going to the end. You yeah. know, you get the ball into that box, the amount of attacking quality we have, you've always got a chance of, of putting the ball in the back of the net. And all the shot fans complaining how we scored in the 96th minute when there was only four minutes of added time, mainly down to their time time wasting. I mean, yeah, centre half, I think it was. He was down yeah. on the floor for a couple of minutes, and you know that, that's the that was the time, wasn't it? 
Exactly. Moral of the story is there's not completely time wasting against Wrexham because we're more likely to throw all their bodies forward towards the end of a match and the dying moments and score from that way. So, yeah, I tell you what was interesting is that I haven't felt we've been much of a threat from set pieces. So I hadn't had much belief that we could get the winner. Um, and yet Dolby rose like a salmon to flick that one in, didn't he? And got, um, you know, if you go on his Instagram, for instance, when he's posted pictures of the goal, it's interesting to see like all the players were really chuffed for him. Like they've all commented. So you can tell he is clearly very popular. Yeah, I think if you watch Paul Mullins' interview um, after the Aldershot game, he speaks very, very highly of, of Sam Dolby. Um, obviously a very likeable character. Obviously a character who's putting in lots of work on the training ground, putting shifts when he does come on for his 15, 20-minute cameos. And a lot of people will argue he should potentially be, be starting at the moment. But I think I saw a stat about his goals or assists Ratio per minute is actually one of the probably the best in the squad. Um, yeah, okay, and then it begs the question: What can he do? Um, oh, yeah, starting matches. Yeah, but I get your point about the set pieces as well. We haven't looked as much of a threat as we usually do. Losing Aaron Hayden, obviously a massive loss um, in terms of attacking set pieces as well as defending set pieces. The uncertainty and the leaps he can generate in the boxes. I've never seen anything like it before. Um, but thankfully, Dolby sprung like an Aaron Hayden and <laughs> rescued us at the end. Yeah. Any other takeaways from that? I mean, I think it was just, I was just glad to get away with that one and thinking, I hope Tuesday's going to be a lot better. Um, yeah, take the points and run. All the shots seem like uh, quite a salty set of supporters in regards to some of the comments. I've seen from them on social media. So it's not a very nice ground there either. I've been there in previous years. So yeah. touch wood, we are. No offence to Old Shop, but we don't have to visit again for a long, long time. We hope. Yeah. Um. Okay. What do you want to do next? A little bit of, should we touch on it? We'll just break, we'll break up the games with a little bit of the, little bit of news that's been floating around. Um. So something, something's leaked not leaked, but something's come out today about the seven aside tournament in America. Have you seen that? They've uh, they've put You're names the to they've put names to the squad. It would appear, um, and lo and behold, we've got two new signings. Is it the owners? It is the owners. Yes, Ryan and Rob are going to be representing Wrexham in America, um, uh, alongside um, I think it was uh, Mark Carrington, uh, Paul Rutherford. <laughs> Who was the other one? There was what there was. Dave uh, Jones was on there. Dave right? Jones, um, and Sean Pearson. Um, so one of them's going in goal, I think. I'm not sure. Or there's some no keeper rule or something. I don't know. Interesting, yeah. Um, I wonder if the club. Well, I imagine the club would be paying for these ex players. I to assume so. Yeah, I wouldn't be paying for myself to go up there. <laughs> Um, It'd yeah. be ironic if we win the million quid, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's it. That's good for. I mean, I'm not sure people will go out purposely for that. I'm sure a couple might, um, but obviously, I think everyone's really waiting on the details of the sort of summer tour, really, aren't they, to see if there's anything that's affordable that they can get their teeth into. 
Yeah, I don't think people's wives or families would be too impressed if they told them <laughs> we're on a summer holiday to America to see Paul Rutherford and Mark Carrington play, but <laughs> let's see. Let's yeah, see. Quite. Um, so there was a little bit of a a, a transfer rumor this week. Did you did you did you catch that one with the uh, with a certain South End midfielder? Yeah. Oh, Cavan Miley. Cavan Miley. Yeah, from Jersey, I think he is, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and I think they got him from Eastleigh, if I believe, if I if if I'm right, um, but um, very highly regarded, uh, and I just wonder. Uh, it, the link came from an article done by an athlete, the Athletic journalist. Um, so that's not a bad source of info. If you know the Athletic, uh, I think are probably regarded now as you know one of the most reliable places for information. Um, so I don't think the source was bad. And when you think about it as a deal, it kind of seemed to make sense, didn't it? I guess it was a type of player that we potentially needed. And I guess the question is, when do you, if 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 it is true, so big air quotes, if if there is any any truth in it, I guess the question is, where, when do you do it? Because I mean, in theory, you try and agree a deal with them beforehand. Uh, I'm sure they wouldn't really be wanting to do a deal, but you know, you try and do a deal. Um, or do you wait till March the 1st and a, a potential horror day for them where if they don't pay this 1.4 million, I think it is, that, you know, they may not. I think this is the last chance now. I think this is it. This is D-Day for a minute. So all those players are out of contract the day after if uh, if they've not paid the this bill. So, you know, it's a bit of an awkward one. It'd be interesting to see if it comes off. It'd be interesting to see what happens. I would like to think we've been able to give them some money and help them to survive. But, um you know, I'm not sure that the the business people in football think like that. Yeah, you're right. Um, very sad situation down at Southend at the moment. Um, Notts County fans seem to be reveling in that. Last night, yeah. Rumors, yeah, which is a bit weird. But anyway, yeah, it's a tricky one, like you say. Um, do you do the right thing and try and help them out now, help them out now by paying a fee, which obviously satisfies both parties or do you play the part of what's vulture really yeah when you yeah kick on the the players once or well touch what it doesn't happen south end um yeah takes a lot of trouble so it's a tricky one um have to admit i've not seen much of miley but he sounds like the kind of player who would suit our team especially at the moment with the amount of injuries we've got and looking quite serious we need to replace him so guess it's a case of wait and see on that one um i'm a football purist so i hope south end survive and the season and we can give them a transfer fee for miley which can keep them afloat and obviously we've got a, a very talented midfielder um to come in at a time where the promotion push is getting down to the the nitty gritty the the rumor originally came, I think, because off the back of uh, a move by Notts County to buy, I can't remember the the wingers name. I think it was a winger. Bridge. Might have been. Bridge. Might, yeah, might have maybe. Been. Um, I think that was the that was the main driver of the story, and this was a sort of byline that kind of said, and Wrexham are also interested in Cav Miley. Um, so clearly. Um, you know, people are probably, they probably are fielding calls, aren't they, to say, listen, you know, do you want us to help you out? You know, and I suspect they're low-balling them, but I guess, you know, that is just the nature of the business, isn't it, unfortunately? 
Yeah, we've got very astute football business people at the helm. We'll be bearing in mind what could happen to Southend and how we could save some money and then get these players. Um, with Jack Bridge, the, the winger who knocks That sounds right. Him. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. I think Luke Williams, Knott's manager, got into a bit of hot water about publicly expressing his interest in, in Jack Bridge. Which... Right, I hadn't heard that, so that's good intel. Yeah, I think Stan Collymore took exception to it on Twitter and said he'd have a polite word with, with Luke Williams when Southend played Knott's yesterday. Right. But what a polite word looks like for Stan Collymore, but who yeah. knows? Um He's ex end, yeah. isn't he, Collymore? That's why it would. Uh, yeah. He's quite. I don't yeah. know whether that is like his boyhood club or something, but um, that's why he would be involved in it. Is just for people who didn't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, I, I, just off the back of that, it was quite interesting. There's a couple of uh, a couple of songs floating around for us to sing when Southend comes. Sort of, we want you to stay, and you know, we hope you survive, and that type of thing, which might sound a bit cheesy, but. You know, it would be probably be really, you know, having been there ourselves, it would be nice to have turn up at a stadium and not have somebody just sing you're going out of business or you're getting relegated or, you know what I mean? It would be nice for them to turn up to a stadium and have some people sort of, you know, show some appreciation and, you know, especially if it's, you know, wish them well if they've managed to sort it out. Exactly, yeah. We're all football fans at the end of the day and football plays a big, big part of, of our lives. Dread to think what life would be like without Wrexham FC and we got into trouble again. Of course, we've been through all that trouble as well, as have Notts County, which make the you're getting, you're going bust in the morning chants even more bizarre. But no, I'm with you. I hope we can sing some positive chants, get a banner which says Wrexham fans support you or whatever. But yeah, don't sing things like Southend get battered or going bust in the morning. Just yeah. It's a very negative complexion. Um, 99% of our fans are decent people, decent fans. So I'm sure um, we'll be fully behind Southend when they come to the race course next month. Yeah, yeah. It's a lonely feeling when you're uh, when you're uh, like like in a position that they are, and as we as we know. Um, so uh, that would be uh, that would be you know so just something, just to not make it a horrible experience for them. Yeah, but obviously get the three points and beat them. <laughs> we'll give them some sympathy. Right, so that is a... At the moment, it's not an issue, but that is a potential issue, of course. Um, although I think it's going to even itself... Well, obviously, we haven't played the game, so we don't know. It's going to even itself out. But um, hypothetically, let's just imagine that D-Day horribly does arrive and they're in a really unfortunate position and they, they are wound up. Obviously, uh, any points that you've gained against Southend will will come off. So we've only got a point against them this season. So far, yeah, we've got one because obviously we've only played them the once, and we would play them the second time about two weeks after the D Day, I think. Um, Mid March, I think, isn't it? Yeah, so about the fourteenth, roughly. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so roughly around there. Whereas obviously County have now played them twice and have got four points. Um, so in a way, so well, I'm not going to. Yeah, hypothetically but speaking, there might be then, this. This all have... might. But, but my point really was, this could get a bit messy yet. Um, but you know, with points deductions and I, it was I. I'd I'd seen the. Uh, I'd been thinking about it already, and I didn't know who to ask the question. 
um, about what what did we think would happen. So I got in touch with uh, Ollie Bayliss. So Ollie Bayliss is a BBC journalist who does a, covers a lot of non-league. He's got a podcast and stuff. Um, and I just said, you know, just, uh, you know, hopefully this won't happen, but what do you think would happen if, if, and he said, yeah, they'd almost certainly just wipe off all, all the points, all the results. Um, he said Harlow Town resigned from Southern Division 1 Central earlier this season and they wiped all their points. Um, um, so it was all, you know, all those results were, uh, were were taken away as if they didn't exist. So that could get a bit, and you know, what does that mean? Because we've played, we haven't played them as many times. You know, hopefully the National League are, have got a plan for this type of thing because, uh, you know, he says, yeah, laughing because we know the National League don't have a plan for anything. Yeah, I would guess, like you say, all points against Southend would be wiped. It becomes a 23-team league. And you yeah. play, if you dodge you to play them, then the game just gets called off and no point. you have a free week or you rearrange that week against someone else who might not be playing it's all hypothetical, isn't it? Yeah, let's, and we are, let's as we, as I said, let's hope it's let's hope it's irrelevant. But we are the the, the flip side to that is we are you know eight or nine days away from um, that becoming relevant. So um, it just could be a another little twist in the saga. Is 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 uh, is what I thought of really. Um, more drama for the season. Yeah. More drama. I mean, it's going to be this is you know it's going to be brilliant for the documentary, isn't it? You can see how this plays out. Um, you know, if something bizarre happens here, so, uh, so yeah. Um, uh, I haven't seen any other transfer news. Have you seen anything? We've not been linked with anybody. Um, nothing credible. Nothing credible. I did last night start to wonder. Well, um, obviously with uh, Hosanna going down, um, I did start to think. Well, are we going to have to do something on our right side now? Because you know. Um, but I was told, I hadn't seen him, but I was told Reese Hall Johnson was doing, you know how uh, lately they've had people sort of doing a bit of a pre-match, a bit of exercise um, yeah. away from the main squad for the for the match day. Um, apparently Reese Hall Johnson was there doing that last night. So that would indicate that he's, what should we say, weeks, weeks away um, uh, from coming back. So I guess that's going to be a saving grace. Yeah, hopefully. Be good to have him back. I think Ford's omission from last night was down to personal reasons. Yeah, so that's what he said. Yeah. Not usually involved there. Um, yeah, I feel sorry for Bryce, whether he was rushed back too early or he's just really unlucky with injuries. But I can answer that question. Parkey did say in his interview afterwards that they'd given Bryce twice as long as they thought he needed. So. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it 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 does make again. It, this just adds to the questions, doesn't it? Is is you know, have we got a heavy pitch? Is our pre-match routine right? Uh, are we stretching right? All those other questions. I imagine Parky is sort of you know. Um, I, I imagine that you you would if if I, if that was me, they would be under review. You would be just double checking everything now, wouldn't you? To say you know, because we can't have this two weeks before a Notts County game, for instance. Exactly. And like you say, you'd be stupid not to review every single piece of information or process which we have in place, which might affect this. We might do that and conclude that it's just bad luck. Maybe yeah. it's bad luck and yeah. not County to do some bad luck with injuries, but... That's a lot of bad luck. It's a lot of bad luck, but oh, I don't know. 
there has to be something surely which is contributing to, to these injuries yeah yeah okay um well we're going to do something slightly different this week we're going to wrap up the news section with a match report from the ladies football team Okay. Uh, I, 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 I know you're looking at me like, this is amazing. I can't believe it. Um, so I'm going to call him friend of the pod. Um, so friend of the pod, um, Jess Stewart and her daughter Carly go to nearly every Wrexham game that's possible. Um, and they definitely go to all the ladies' games. Uh, yeah. And I asked if uh, if young Carly would do as a match report, if just a little one minute or something every week. Um from the women's team uh, and it took a bit of arm twisting I think but she's uh, I'm assured that she was on board they asked because uh, she plays for the club they asked Gemma if it was okay and she said it was okay so um, I, uh, Jess messaged me today she said Carly's proud as punch she's done this herself she's written it herself and she's recorded it so um, what we'll do now we'll uh, we'll go into uh, Carly's ladies match report from the weekend Wrexham AFC women played Felon Helly at home last Sunday in the Adran North League. There was a big crowd of supporters watching and Wrexham gave them a match to enjoy. They had a great win. The score is 8-1 to Wrexham. I think Sophie Hodgson should get player of the match because she did an amazing first time left foot finish to score. She never gave up, even when on the floor, and she made some great tackles. Rosie was as brilliant as usual, scoring four of the eight goals and keeping the team motivated. It was a match with lots of physical tackles, and I hope our players who were injured are okay now. It was an exciting and fast-paced match with every Wrexham player trying their best. Hopefully we will have lots more wins like this to come. Next Sunday, Wrexham women face their title rivals, Connors K away, in what is sure to be a thrilling match. Telling everyone to listen to me. Someday we will be back in the So, should we go into last night and the uh, 2-0 victory of Scunthorpe? Are you ready for that? More than ready. More born ready, he says. Um, so, I guess the, um, the excitement in that game, excitement... Uh, again, air quotes, started with probably an hour before that game when the team came out because um, there was lots of chat, I guess. You know, oh, Parky should just put the best team out, um, which I can understand why people would say that. And then other people were saying rotate. Um, and that's what he decided to do, obviously. He, he rotated massively, didn't he? Um, definitely rotated way more than I thought. I thought, I, I, my my thought was that Palmer might sit sit a game out and give him a rest uh, off the back of these rumours about the the, 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 the hip the injury that he's got. Uh, and obviously Mullin had this groin injury from Saturday, so I thought one of the one of them might have a rest. Wondered whether Cannon might start. Um and that was probably probably about it. That's probably all I was expecting. So to see us with a new goalkeeper, two new wing backs, um and you know, it was a bit of a uh, and a new a new defence, obviously, because we didn't know whether O'Connell was badly injured from the weekend or not. Uh, and was Tunnicliffe fit? You know, because that was my worry, was have we had to rush him back um, at the weekend? Needs must sort of thing. Um, so we, we, we sort of rebuilt the back line last night. Um, so there was a lot of shock 
I don't. What were you? What were? You, when did you first see the team use? Because you watched it on the TV, didn't you? Yeah, I watched it on the TV, and I knew Phil Parkinson had a decision to make on the goalkeeper after the weekend. Yeah, I just felt like that was the game which would trigger him into making a decision in regards to bringing Leighton back. Now he's he's fully fit, and he's obviously played a game against Sheffield United as well. Um, can't say that I was surprised, to be honest. Um, I think it's crunch time and you have to be ruthless. And if Mark Howard's not in the best of form and we've got Rob Layton waiting in the wings, who we know when he is fit, he's probably the best goalkeeper in the league. Um, so I do have a lot of sympathy for Mark Howard, but I think it was a, it was the right decision by Parkey. Um, Tony Cliff, I guess if he was fit enough to be on the bench against Aldershot, he's fit enough to start. Um, so that wasn't a surprise to see him in the team once we knew O'Connell was still injured. Um, Fords, obviously no one short saw that one coming in regards to the, the personal issue. So no shock really to see him, well, to see Bryce Hosanna in his place. McAlinden, yeah, I don't think many people saw that one coming, um, especially given the decent form which, which Mendy's been in. Um, so yeah, shocked to see to see four changes. Um, and Davis on the bench, and yeah, one of our own Jordan Davis back as well, which is great to see. Um, midfield three wasn't surprised that he kept it that way. Um, like I said before, I wouldn't have been surprised to see to see Dolby um, get a start ahead of Palmer, given his potential injury, like you say. Um, so I was expecting changes. Um, a couple of them I could see coming, but there was a couple of shocks in there as well. Um, so, yeah, I think the team news was um, probably one of the biggest stories of the night. Yeah, um, I, I agree. It was interesting. I just, just touching on the fullbacks, I noticed on the, because I was watching it on the telly on Saturday, I know at one point, um, uh, Mendy did something with his shorts and pulled his shorts up and his the back of his hamstrings were really heavily taped is it kinesio tape that they use uh, runners use it a lot and I think I think it does it help relieve a bit of pain or I'm not it helps support as well I think um, but his, um, it, they were heavily taped up um, and I did think then I thought oh I hope he's like all right I hope that's us being overprotective rather than him being held together by bits of tape. <laughs> yeah, you would hope it's just a precaution. Like you yeah. say, it's something which marathon and half marathon runners seem to have quite a lot just to give their... popular I'm now, not, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I'm not an expert, but yeah, they do seem quite popular amongst all kinds of sports, men and women. And he was probably expecting to maybe have a night off Mendy. Um, yeah, yeah. Get the game one early and rest him for the weekend and for the Chesterfield game as well. So he probably wasn't expecting to come on after, what, 25, 30 minutes? Yeah, I was minutes. just going to ask. Maybe. I can't remember how long it was, but it was roughly about halfway through the first half, wasn't it? Um, 25 minutes, I think it was around then, wasn't it? So, um, so we're a bit light, potentially, in the, the wing-back positions at the moment. Yeah, because there's no word on McFadden's disappeared a little bit now. Like he's not yeah. been getting on the bench as a sub, so that that implies that well, I'm not sure what it implies really. Because obviously you pick and choose your subs, I guess, based on the team that you're playing, uh, yeah. you know, and what you think you're going to need at the end. 
Um, but like, there's no talk about him being imminently back. Uh, but I think in the evening leader yesterday, I think Phil Parkinson had actually said that um, Hosanna was one of the people that was not close to coming back. <laughs> Hosanna and Jordan <laughs> Davis, I think he said, were not close to coming back. And yet, lo and behold, they're in the squad. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's done it a few times, Parky, where he said players are going to be out, and then he pulls the joker he's not out. Playing the mind games in this league, surely against non-league <laughs> managers. No, I, I, well, we'll see. Um, but yeah, we're going to have to watch those those fullbacks now, aren't we? Because uh, uh, you know, again, like if you think about um, Reese, he went down pretty much straight away after coming back. Hall Johnson went down after coming back. Uh, Mendy went down after coming back. Um, so, uh, you know, we are going to have to be, uh, we're going to have to really rotate those guys. Yeah, and ugh, I like McAlinden because I think he's a decent, hard-working player, but he's not your first choice at, at right wing back or yeah. left wing back. Um, give him credit, he's never injured, to be fair. I don't think he's been injured since he joined us last season. Um, but if you're in a promotion fight or heaven forbid a playoff game, playoff semi final, he's you don't want him starting a left wing back or right wing back because I think opposition managers would would see that and say right, let's target yeah. Rexham's side which he's playing on. And I think he's more of a impact sub coming off the bench, further uh, forward really trying to stretch. Further, yeah, further forward like he did away at Chesterfield last season where he came on and changed the game. He's a good player to bring on with 20 minutes left, either to try and win a game or to add fresh legs. And experience, yeah. Both and experience, yeah. Yeah, so we'll just just touch on that before we go on to the, the goals and stuff. I think the, the last he was unlucky last night in the fact that he, he got lumped to right back. And he was very clearly. I don't. I'm not sure. But you probably couldn't see it on the telly because obviously I can. We can watch him off the ball, whereas you can't see that as much. But he was very clearly uncomfortable. Um, did that make? Oh, could you see that on the telly or or not? Yeah, it's something I picked up on. Um, you can just tell when someone's playing on a wing, which doesn't suit their preferred foot. Yeah. You know, in the way they control the ball, they dribble, they they cut inside instead of carrying on down the wing. Yeah, he was turning. Um, he turned into trouble a couple of times. Yeah. He tried to let the ball roll across him, and he didn't have that quality of touch. It's yeah. Just really obvious. But that's not yeah. his fault. He's diligently been told or asked, uh, play right wing back, um, uh, and he's he's done the best he can, hasn't he? Exactly. Yeah, not his fault. He's his right foot isn't as good as his left foot. And I think mean, last night was just hopefully a one-off makeshift situation where he had to play there. Um. So before we go into who stood out for you in last night's game, um. Notts County fans have taken great revelry today in uh, complaining about our penalties. Uh, and Paul Mullin has obviously posted, I don't know if you've seen the picture of Mullins' leg, for one, certainly for one of them. Um, so, um, and even though they, we've only actually had two penalties more than them this season, they seem to think we get a penalty every week. Um, <laughs> it's just like they are deluded, aren't they? Um, feeling the pressure, boys. Uh, so, um, so Mullin scored the goals. Um, but who stood out for you, if anybody? Because, I mean, it was an uncomfortable night because I'm guessing it was probably because of the fact that we'd changed so much. We we just didn't have any fluidity, did we? And it was long ball city. 
Yeah, it wasn't a game really in which anyone stood out. I think most of the players probably got a five, maybe some got a six out of ten. Um, oh, don't go on red passion, mate. Oh, oh, six out of ten, that'll be good on there. <laughs> it's one of those games where you just take the win and accept a poor performance. I think Tunnicliffe, probably man of the match, yeah, okay. solid. Um, I gave it to Leighton because of the, yeah. the good save and in the fact there was a bit of scrappy stuff in the first five minutes of, uh, where, where, which he had to do something very easy and simple but obviously he did it um, and we could really hear him bellowing at people in the tech end uh, and he, yeah. got a, he got it's really ironic because for years nobody's bloody clapped this fella or given him a song and now all of a sudden he's like the messiah uh, and he got a rapturous applause when he came down the uh, to the home end last night yeah, he's a, a fan favourite, isn't he, really? Although we've not got a song for him. He's been our number one for, what, three seasons, four seasons now? Yeah. yeah. Very, very rarely lets us down. And there'll be a lot of fans who've always said he's the number one and Mark Howard was just there while, while Leighton was injured. And, yeah, can see why fans are glad to see him back because, rightly or wrongly, they think he's a better keeper than Mark Howard, which is, which is fair enough. Um and let's hope now, to the end of the season, he does pull off some moments in games which which win us those games. And we're not relying on last-minute winners or moments of brilliance from Mullin. We can yeah. win a game 1-0 and Langton as a, a man-of-the-match um, standard performance. I did watch in the warm-up um, to see how the interaction was between Mark Howard and um, yeah. and Rob Langton. Um, because I, in my experience of... Uh, football and goalkeeping um you know when they warm each other up really don't they nowadays you know you have yeah. three keepers there and the goalkeeping coach now but they fire balls at each other and i was just watching to see if mark howard was really firing balls at him and he he, he wasn't he was he, you know he did a really good job in his warm-up it was really jovial they were high-fiving and everything it looked like he'd done a re- you know it looked genuinely like there was no resentment. Now, there probably was because now Rob Layton's got the number one and he'll be getting a bit more money in his uh, starting bo- his starting bonuses and clean sheet bonuses, um, you know, because this is a job to them guys, remember? Um, but it, to me, it genuinely did. It didn't look like... It looked like he, whatever Phil Parkinson has decided, that's what we're going with. I'm not here to cause a fuss. I'm good, just going to act professional and do my job. Yeah, and Mark Howard's, what, 36, 37, yeah. been around the block. I'm sure he would have taken it on the chin and, and understood why Parkinson has made that decision. Yeah, he'll be gutted, absolutely, um, to lose his spot. But you've just got to do what's best for the team, and that means warming Leighton up as best as you can, giving him the support, not being a negative energy on the dressing room and back yeah. in the bullies and because there might be a situation where he's, he comes back into the team in a few weeks because they yeah. might get injured or yeah. suspended or whatever so yeah certainly not the see, end of the yeah, yeah it's good to see good to see um so uh i know a lot of people sort of thought mullin stood out because of the goals and he always worked really hard um I'd seen somebody say that they thought Macalinden was the best player on the pitch. Um, uh, that I know the guys on the uh, on the official sort of uh, commentary gave man of the match to um, Luke Young. 
um, which was an, yeah, it's an interesting one. Elliot Lee obviously got the sponsors man of the match, um, which was no coincidence because his dad was in that box last night with them. So <laughs> yeah, um, so um, so yeah, and it's it is interesting how different people see different things, but. I think we reverted to long balls because that that midfield just couldn't get their foot on it and play any sort of football, um, whether that was us being uncomfortable and not having... I noticed at one point in the first half, Bryce Hosanna was so far back as a wing-back, we were looking for passes to him and he was 20 yards behind. So that then stifles the play then. You can't, you know, you, you can't do what you're trying to do. Um, so I don't know whether that type of thing was stopping it more than what you or I would see. Um or whether it was because they were good, um, you know, you do have to question, you know, where they are, where they are. Remember these, you know, like you said, we should beat Aldershot, you know, we should beat Scunthorpe as well, shouldn't we? Um, but it just didn't, for whatever reason, it didn't click, did it? And it was not pretty. And I don't know if you could tell, could could you te- sense any atmosphere from the from the TV or hear anything? No, it was. Again, it's hard to judge when you sat at home watching on TV, but it, it seemed very flat. And there was moments in the game where you could hear individual fans speaking because it, it was so quiet. Right. Um, so in the stadium, just to give you an idea, it was one of those that, like, we couldn't string three passes together. And as soon as that ball was lost, people were up out their seats, throwing their arms around, screaming at people. It was um, agitated. Um, is frustration, I guess, um, is the word. It was what it was, and you, there was a point for 10 15 minutes in the first half where I didn't hear any booze. So people did say there was people in the in the uh Wrexham Lager stand I'd, I'd read online said that they'd heard booze, but I, that, I think that might have been at the referee because I think we had another ref last night, didn't we? Oh, um, <laughs> but uh, so I think it might have been, I could be wrong though because you so. You can't always tell, but I don't think there was any in the tech end. But people were definitely frustrated um, that we couldn't string, you know, any any real passing sort of movements together. Yeah, um, I think Scunthorpe, they've got half, half of the team and new players. They've got a new manager. They're in half-decent form. I think they beat Dagenham on, on Saturday yeah. and they've picked up a couple of other wins lately. So... Yes, they're bottom of the league, but at the moment, they're not playing like a bottom of the league team. They are better than the, their position suggests. Um, I think we massively missed Tom O'Connor in the middle of the park. I think the whole dynamic and the balance of the midfield is off when he's not playing because he's just that harm and influence in midfield. He can yeah. get composure, is what I was thinking. Yeah. And po- yeah, dictate the, the tempo and the flow of the game. I don't think that the three of Lee and Elliot, uh, sorry, Lee, Young and Jones, um, is that effective? I think we looked a lot better when Jordan Davis came on. Yeah, I agree. Changed yeah, the, changed the balance of the of the midfield again. Um, could you blame the pitch a little bit? Could you blame fatigue from the weekend? Is it just one of those games where no one really has a good night? You get the win and you move on. Could be a number of factors, but the important thing is we did win. And it's a sign of a good team that even when you don't play well and you have got injuries and players do come off the pitch because they've been injured, you can still grind out that that win. Um, so I'll draw a line under that one, move on to the weekend, and thanks for the three points. Yeah, I just I think the fr- I think the frustration comes from. I wonder if it comes from fear 
that like if we lose any form now, you lose or draw one or two games, it's late in the season now. That's it, isn't it? You know, you you've potentially uh, given that other team a big impetus, some you know, a big boost. Yeah, it might even be expectation. We've been spoiled this season with the amount of points we've got. We're on course for a record number, probably scored a record amount of goals. So when people see Scunthorpe, who are 23rd coming to town, everyone's thinking, okay, this should be 4-5-0. Um, but you're not going to win every game 4-5-0 or score 4-5 or goals. No. You're going to get teams who do make it difficult, and it does become a bit of a, a slugfest in midfield, and you do have to go long and... You'll get games like that now and then. Even the best teams in the world will win 2-0 sometimes without being spectacular. As long as you get the three points and you stay top of the league or close to top of the league, that's all that matters. Um, I think the worst thing, sorry to interrupt, I think the worst thing is the fact that Notts County are blowing teams away, playing wonderful football, seem to have next to no injuries, have supposedly got a smaller squad, and that then makes you sort of think, well, how hang on, what's going on here? I think that's the problem, isn't it? Is that we have got the, the opposite sort of that we're fighting up against currently. Because remember, they could have two people. Langstaff goes out that side tomorrow. You know, for a long period, different ball game, isn't it? Yeah. Like we said before, you bang on. If this was any other season, would most likely be seven, eight points clear. Because Notts County, like we've been the season, absolute freaks winning games all the time, I think on course for 108, 110 points or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. And it's just Wrexham's luck that the season we do turn into the one of the best teams the National League's ever seen. We've also got Notts County to deal with and Macaulay Langstaff to deal with, who's become the equivalent of Vardy. Fleetwood yeah. <laughs> pushed us all the way in 2011-12. So... You're right about Notts County. They seem to be blowing teams away at the moment and games Good. which you'd expect them to be tough, such as Southend, they're winning 4-0, they're going to Chesterfield and winning, they're getting late winners like we are. It's just frustrating when we are winning these games. You check your phone and you see Notts County are winning and it's like, here we go again. Yeah, it's a shame that only one team goes up in it because both these sides really deserve to go up. Well, that's a bit of news, actually. Sorry to go off topic. Yeah, cool. Um, did you see the discussions about someone from the EFL? Um, yeah. Three three down argument. I think um, he basically said it will be in the proposal again for next year, for next season, um, for it to be a topic. Um, I just the the reason I'm I'm sure they would be open to it. The um, you know, to they op be open to discussing it, and the Vanarama are open to discussing it. But if I'm in an EFL side and you come to me with that, I'm going, yeah, no, thank you. And I think it's seventy five percent of the teams have to vote for it. So, you know, if I'm a, an owner, I'm going, no, thank you, not interested. So I don't think they can force it through or anything. So that's the only thing that. Just, you know, but even if they just made a slight amendment and like, you know, give us a, give us a playoff game against another, you know, give us something temporarily um, so that, uh, you know, perhaps we can have uh, a, 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 a third team somehow go up with a playoff against whoever finishes third, but, you know, just some, something. 
uh, just to get your foot in the door. At least you, you know, they might be a bit more open to that than just going. No, if you're in the if you're bottom three, you're, that's it. You're down, lads. Yeah, I do. Would teams have to vote for that um, change as well? Yeah, any sure. change they have to has to be voted. Yeah, but it's Turkey's vote over Christmas, isn't it? Why would they? If we were in the same position, would we vote for it? Probably not. You might make all the right noises and go, oh, yeah, we'd, you know, we'd definitely be open to that. But when that ballot paper come, it'd be X in the no box. Yeah, exactly. Um, unless you really were thinking long term in the sense that, OK, if we do go down, then but we try and get back up. It's yes. slightly easier. easier cause yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah. It's hard. And... I think we'll still win the league, but if we don't win the league and we finish on 105 points, then I don't think anyone can say we've bottled it or we've not been good enough. We have been good enough to go up in a 24-team league. To only have one team go up automatically is an absolute joke. And I'm surprised it's been in place for 20 years plus, this rule, especially when you consider three teams from League 2 go up automatically. It's yeah, which is as fast. Not fair. It doesn't make it's sense, not... does it? Okay, right. so I'll I can tell you now who's going to win the league. I am from the future. Okay. Um, so, um, uh, I, I, I you look surprised. You're not ready. You weren't ready for this, were you? I have. This is a shock. <laughs> no. So, um, the supercomputer has been working out the uh, the remaining results for the season. The supercomputer being Mr. Ritchie, uh, who's uh, posted a picture today. He's worked it all out and posted a picture today on Twitter um, of what's going to happen. No bias in this at all, obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, and apparently, uh, we're going to finish on 116 points. Ooh. And Notts County are going to finish on 112. How many points has he got us to drop then from now until the end of the season? Uh, shall I go through it really quickly so you can, uh, go on. You can see? Uh, oh, let me see if I can just load up the picture. Um, so we get three points at Dorking. I, yeah. When I say at Dorking, I mean versus Dorking. Three points yeah. versus Dorking. Three points versus Chesterfield. Uh, one point at Maidenhead. Three points Dagenham and Redbridge. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's got a draw all over it. South End, we get three points. One point at Bromley. Three points from York and Oldham. Three points Halifax. Three points in the Knots game. Three points Barnet. Three points Yeovil and three points Boreham So he's got one draw from now to the end of the season. And that's against Maidenhead. <laughs> oh, you're on mute. That was me coughing my guts up again. Um, <laughs> there was the Bromley draw as well. So, uh, oh, the Bromley, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I just thought that was probably a bit ambitious. But, you know, he has had some... Do you remember when he predicted a 5-0 and we won 5-1 or something? You know, he comes out with these now and again. I think he had us to beat Sheffield United 3-2, to be fair to him, in the oh, first yeah. one. So, we nearly got that one. I'll just tell you what he put for Notts County, by the way, so you can see. So... There you get. <laughs> Excuse me. Three points at Dagenham and Redbridge, one at Bromley, three Dorking, three Eastley. He put one at Barnet to start with, then changed his mind to three. Three Scunthorpe, one Altrincham, and Altrincham had a good result the other night. Who was it against? 
Oh, we're going to look at it. We'll look at it in a minute. It might yeah, have been Barnet or somebody. Oh, it's Barnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three at Wellston, uh, none at Wrexham, three at Woking, three at Maidstone, three York. So it kind of looks looks like evenish, basically. But obviously, the the that win helps us, doesn't it? You know, I that, mean, that yeah, it is coming down going. to that game, isn't it? I thought this would be, you know, I thought by now the the shakedown would have happened. But it's it's coming down to that game now on the is it Easter? Tenth of April. On a bank holiday, a Monday, I think. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was so hoping we'd be five or six clear at that point, and we could go into it knowing a draw would be fine, or even a loss would be the end of the world. But the way we're going, it's looking like a title decider, and I don't think my nerves will be able to take that game. No. I agree, because I I would hate to come away from that game having lost it. God knows what that is going to be like. It was I like we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, last season where we knew if Stockport beat us at the race course, they'd win the league. And that game was so nervy yeah. until we, were, we went 3-0 up. So it's like, It looks like it's set for another one. It's what football's all about, big games. So let's have a look. We'll just have a quick run up and down the league um, before we uh, preview the weekend. So, uh, obviously, Dots County beat Southend 4-0, uh, and they're home to Dagenham and Redbridge. Uh, they're in first place on 83 points. Uh, play two games more than us. So we're obviously in second following that 2-0 win. Um, and we play Dorking at the weekend uh, and then Chesterfield on the Tuesday. Uh, Woking uh, came from behind to beat Bromley. Uh, Dennis Burkamp's son scored for Bromley, by the way. Um, so uh, they came from behind to beat to, to to win that. That was a big clash down there, I guess, wasn't it? So they're on 61 points. Of, you know, they are miles away from us. Uh, and they've got Weldston next at home, so that's not an easy game. Chesterfield, fallen off the earth, 55 points. 23 points behind Wrexham now. They've picked up three points in five games, which was three draws, because they drew with Weldston at the weekend. Uh, and they've got Oldham at home um, uh, on the 25th. Uh, Barnet have gone into a real lull. They've lost the last three on the bounce. Um, so yeah. they lost to Altrincham. Yeah, they lost 4-2 at home as well. Um, and they've got Aldershot. So Aldershot, I know, you know, they're not terrible Aldershot, are they? Um, you know, so uh, that's not, uh, not going to be easy for them on a bad run of form. Uh, Southend miracles in sixth place with fifty points. I th I think I genuinely think that's a miracle, given everything that must be going on there. I don't think the players have been paid in a month or two months, uh, depending on where what you read. Um, so obviously, yeah, they lost at the weekend and they're they're uh, away to Torquay, and then the last spot currently has Eastleigh in it, who've won four on the bounce. So they're finding a bit of form late. They beat Maidstone the other day, um, and they've got Bromley. So that. The, uh, that's the seventh and eighth team playing each other at Eastleigh uh, at the weekend. So that's a uh, that's a humdinger of a game, isn't it? Yeah. So it's all there. It's it's still technically in our hands because of the two games in hand. Um, would you know if we win our games in hand? Um, now, from Richie's calculations, if his dates are right, that league table in terms of games played will even itself out. On the seventh of March, after the Dagenham and Redbridge game, 
Yeah, our first game in hand is Chesterfield. Chesterfield, yeah. And then the second one is Dagenham and Redbridge. So we're gonna, we've still got probably, you know, we've got basically like you've got three weeks until you'll, you know, you you can look at the table and go right. We know we, you know, we definitely know where we are at the moment. Um, so um, yeah, we will uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, all right, well let's. Uh, Let's talk about the weekend then. We'll uh, we'll trim things up. Um, obviously, Dorking, we know them. They've had a terrible run. I think they won their first game in months this week, didn't they? Um, glad for them. I, yeah, I've got a bit of a soft spot for them. They beat Torquay. Um, but um, what what are your thoughts team wise? Was it a one off with Linton, or was that a yours to lose type of challenge? Oh, yeah, it's definitely not a one-off. Um, be very strange for Mark Howard to come back in. So the shirt is to lose and certainly didn't do anything wrong last night. So Leighton back in goal. Um, back five, I guess it's a case of who's fit. Walking um, wounded. I mean, James wounded. Jones going to be playing. Is Ford going to be back? James Jones let finish the game there. I don't know if you noticed that on the telly. One player you can always rely on to be fit is Toza. So obviously he's in the centre of the three. Tonicliff, you'd imagine in the other two. Because yeah. we um, don't know the situation with O'Connell. Exactly, exactly. The wing backs, anyone's guess. Does Ford come back? Um, does Mendy start? Are any of the other players yeah. fit injury again? I'd like to see Ford and Mendy because they're our best two fullbacks. Yeah. I think they're both fit. Um, just depends on the forward one. Doesn't sound personal issues. Doesn't sound like an injury, does it? That sounds oh, like you. That not. sounds like you know somebody's ill, or you know, it sounds like more like that to me. Yeah, and let's hope those personal issues are not resolved. Serious. Not yeah. serious. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see Ford Mendes the wing backs, and then I'd imagine it'll be Toza, Tunnicliffe, and Clueworth um, as the three centre backs. No, you don't. You wouldn't bring Lennon back for any reason. Give him more game time against a team like Dorking, or is he for emergencies only now? Oh, you know what? I forgot about Lennon. I'm not going to lie. Um, I predicted he'd start last night because I thought if he was going to, re- given the fact that we Tony Clifford only just come back and O'Connell was out, I thought he might just go. I'm going to play it safe to start this game, and I'll start with Lennon. And if he has a mare at half time, then I'll ask Jordan to come on again. Um, but he obviously didn't. He just went straight in with Tunnicliffe. Yeah, Lennon looked shaky against Woking. Yeah, he did. He was rusty, um, and he's rusty. He's rusty. He, yeah, and we started last season. He was very, very good. Um, but I would stick with Clueth and Tunnicliffe just yeah, okay. because I can see them starting more games, and it's nice to have a settle back through. Yeah. Midfield. Oh, Luke Young's going to anchor it, presumably. Yeah, no news. No news on Tom O'Connor. So you'd imagine Luke Young, James Jones, and Lee. Does no Cannon, Cannon get a game? Cannon get I, a game. I think because he didn't come on last night. I think Cannon gets a game instead of James Jones. Um, yeah, because he can't drop Young. Um, Elliot Lee is obviously more of a number ten, and that would put up Cannon as the. The box-to-box sort of runner in midfield, which I, yeah, I, I'm, it'd be good to see. Um, but I think Cannon's more suited to the deep-lying role. I think when yeah, he I played for Stockport so. against us in the FA Trophy last season, he played 
just in front of the back four as the, the quarterback almost, and he was very good. So it's getting that balance in midfield, isn't it? That's a tricky one. I think he'll start with Elliot Lee um, and bring Davis on if he uh, to get some, yeah. some minutes, which makes sense. Don't rush him back. Give him... 20 minutes if you need him. Don't, you know, because again, he's early, isn't he? Because we thought it was Chesterfield. It was the, was what he was yeah. been telling people. So uh, don't rush him. So that's what, that's what I think he'll do. do you, or do you think he goes with Davis? Yeah, I don't think he can start Davis yet. Um, like to say, give him a 15, 20 minute cameo, but I think yeah. Lee, Lee will start. Yeah. Um, and then, Again, another side that you think well, you've got an opportunity to do something up front if you have, if you feel the need to, because of injury or just want to rest somebody. Um, and I agree with what you said before. I think you said you thought Dolby deserved a chance, basically, um, and I think he does deserve it. It's a good give him a chance, uh, and and give whoever needs it the most. Just give him, let him sit on the bench and try and rest it out. Yeah, no disrespect to Dorking, but it's a game where we're going to create a lot of chances. They're a team which concede a lot of goals. Yeah. Um, they do play decent football, but they leave themselves quite open. So of all the games coming up, this would be the one where you think, right, let's make a change, give someone a rest. Yeah. And Dolby's more than capable of replacing either striker and yeah. feigning the rest. So, yeah, usually the, the front two are pretty much nailed on, but this week um, we've got a feeling we might see a change. Yeah, okay. So score-wise, what do you think? I think we'll win. Um, I'd love to see another clean sheet. I mean, it's important to keep it tight at the back. So, I mean, there'll be goals in it. I'm going to go 4-0, Wrexham. Yeah, I was thinking that, and then I just thought, this has got Dover all over it, this game. <laughs> it's got back. Back crazy four three all over it or something, but yeah, I think it could be three nil or something. Um, I just hope for something like that, a professional job, nobody gets injured, um, because then although we can't sort of predict the lineup for Tuesday because we don't know who's going to be fit and available, we walk into Chesterfield who will be coming to spoil the party. Absolutely, not in the best of form, but they'd love to come here and stick one on us either by getting a win or getting a draw, despite losing and dropping points to lesser teams than us so yeah. the big one it's a game in hand as well if, if we don't win it we lose one of our games in hand we slip yeah. further behind there's a lot of pressure on us and i just think chesterfield will come here it's not as much pressure on them because they're guaranteed a playoff spot pretty much and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The top. yeah um, i don't think they'll be coming here to play pretty football and out players i think they're just coming here for a one nil one nil yeah. Uh, just try and nick, nick something just so they can enjoy themselves on the bus home. Uh, exactly. You know. uh, and I think that could be tense. Oh, it'd be <laughs> tense. We need to get behind the team as fans and make it into a fortress. And yeah, because we say our home form is what's going to win us the league. And we have to be beating teams like Chesterfield, maybe yeah. even teams like Oaken the other week at home if we're going to push Notts County. So. I hate to use the phrase, but it's almost a must-win, which is yeah. ridiculous even in February time. Well, the 15, 15 odd games left, and we're uh, we're at, we're at the point now where one slip-up could seriously damage your ambitions. Not easy playing catch-up. There
on the Kairos anymore But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town or city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground Shine, you'll hear our cries. Hold our hands up as the Welsh dragon flies. We're loyal supporters on a lifelong journey. We'll live in hope, but we'll die in Cadbury. I've been telling everyone I see. I've been telling. I've been telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league We've had the best home of talent like Joey Jones And his best mate Mickey T Dying This was a druid, he loved Cumbri And his namesake Jordan on a scoring spree Legends from far afield like Trinidad We've had great players And some who drove us mad We've seen the lows and the highs Seeing Telling everyone I know I've been telling everyone who listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league I've been selling my nephew and my godson I've been selling my dog and the postman I've been selling my mom and dad for years Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday Back in the football league